Hey, welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Heath Haney, uh, pastor of Lindsay Lane's East Campus, joined by my two best friends in the world, Alan Ostrisky, pastor we've, of our, we've <laughs> pastor of, last time. You were just co-host last time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pastor of our North Campus, and then uh, Andy John King, pastor of our Athens Campus, and our lead pastor here. Uh, so this is the awkward time where I say, "What's up, guys?" And neither one of you know which one to say. Speak first. So, what's up, what's Heath? Up, guys? Hey, oh, good, hey, it's good. really good to be here, Heath. Isn't, isn't it great I'm to, to isn't be, it great to be back in the this multi million dollar uh, like podcast recording studio that we've developed? Absolutely, it is. It's amazing with, to with, see how it's taken off. All hundred and fifty dollars that we've spent to start this podcast. Well, wow. that plus your two best friends. That, I, right. We just learned about and that. And our today. viewership yeah, now, which right. by now, prophetically, we would be speaking that it, it's at least oh, in the millions. Yes. It's at least. Said. I mean, the first week, yes, we only had thirty people listen, but but we're in the millions by now, no doubt. Totally, because uh, this this is we're in the future here. So, um, but hey, we as always, uh, we're we're joined um, by a very special guest, Andy John. Why don't you tell? Our listeners about her. Yes, today we are introducing seriously, and I know I've said this before, but a local legend here in Limestone County legend. because this is the Bottom Shelf Podcast, and we're interviewing local leaders with small town leaders. There it is with big time impact. Yeah, we're so professional, I couldn't remember the tagline. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have it written on the wall. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, I'm gonna write this down next time. All right, so uh, Candace Bird Vincent is our guest today. Candace, born and raised in Tanner, and uh, one of the most Decorated women basketball players in Limestone County sports history. She was named Limestone County, uh, All-County five times, twice the Decatur Daily Player of the Year, All-State three times. Her name is up in the Tanner High School gym like everywhere. Let's go. Um, Rattlers. You know, not not that we're into stats, but we might as well just mention average 21.3 points per game, 14.2 rebounds per game during her high school career, uh, signed a basketball scholarship at Birmingham Southern College, Received a uh, degree in secondary education. Like, I'm just halfway through it. Just just FYI. Uh, she's loving this, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now she's got her eyes closed, shaking her head. She doesn't want me to read anymore. But we need we need to educate That's our it. listeners. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, she taught in the uh, Lawrence County school system for 14 years. Head basketball coach at R.A. Hubbard. Uh, she led the team to a Class 1A state championship in 2017. She was named to the Limestone County Sports Hall of Fame in 2018. And in 2019, she became the director of the Athens Boys and Girls Club and uh, just recently has been hired as the new head coach of Calhoun Community College women's basketball team. So that's a resume. That's impressive. (laughs) It's a resume. You're hired. You're right. (laughs) So... And there's all kind. I mean, like again, she's going to talk about her family. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a preacher's kid. Can can make heaven pay attention when she sings. I'm the only that's one that understands the preacher's kid okay. mantle. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's these right. guys have no idea, but I can relate. Yeah, he, he married one at least. I did marry a PK. Yeah, I married a preacher's PK. kid. That's right. Preacher. Yeah, and so, how long have you been at Calhoun now? Um, four months. Four months. Okay, so real, real. So okay. And you. Awesome, awesome. So we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna just have some conversations about leadership today. How that impacts you, uh, Candice. But tell, before we even get into all that, tell us a bit about your family and personal life. Okay. Well, um, I'm married. My husband. His name is Nicholas Vincent. Um, he is a history teacher at Columbia High School. Also, he's a football coach, assistant football coach there. And we've been married now four years. So after the championship, Hall of Fame. It was a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I was pretty busy. But yeah. um, but our, we have two children, Kyla and Nicholas. 
Um, again, I am a PK, my mom and dad. My dad is the pastor of Grace Missionary Baptist Church here in Athens. I have a sister uh, who's older. I'm the middle child, and I have a younger brother, Rod. He's a um, owner of Super Elite Performance here in Athens, so a lot of people know Rod. I have to know, can you take Nicholas 1v1 in basketball? Well, we tried. You know, I lost. He's a little, you know, a little faster than I was. Okay. But, y'all, you know, but that's okay. We, we, we've we always had that love in basketball, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you can be a legend in your county, just not quite in your home. That's correct, yeah. yes. Yeah. And the thing is, listen, my husband has two championships coaching. Really? He coached at um, Hazelwood. He won, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, at Ari Hubbard before I came. Right. So then awesome. he coached football with some state championship so he has a little bit on me but i'm still the best in the house he's got a little yeah. more bling he got, yes he has a lot of bling <laughs> i was about to say do y'all have like a trophy case in your house or or well, mantle we, or downstairs we do um but he again he is trump mine so i said well i'm a college coach now so what? <laughs> you know? there you go you got more to go that's right that's right that's right that, that, i hadn't thought about that i mean do you purchase like the high school Trophy case at that point, like the the glass window and everything that yeah, slides. Yeah, one of yeah, one of those. See, that's awesome. She just got serious. Like her answer was like, yeah. "Yes, you do," and I was like, "Ha ha ha!" Like nobody <laughs> has those. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. What else are we gonna this do? This family them? has them. Yes. Yeah. And then like they give you like a basketball, like you know, from the state. So yeah, we put those up. So. Cool. So most impressive thing on the th- on there. Most impressive thing: fourteen rebound, over fourteen rebounds a game. That's. Yeah. We like, didn't, we, there, well, I don't, you had, with the 21 points, like you're not only shooting the rock, yeah. like you're banging the boards. Like that's, but you played volleyball too, right? I did. I did. Oh, yeah. I played volleyball. And pretty, pretty, pretty I good. Was okay. I felt like I was okay. Yeah. Somebody may have said otherwise, but you probably remember all your stats too. No. You can, you can tell. <laughs> How many kills? Yeah. How many kills? Yeah. How many kills you had? No, but I will say there, um, I don't, talk about it but i was the leading rebounder for all classifications in the state of alabama really? yeah 2065 no big deal no big deal, <laughs> no big deal. i knew i knew no there was deal. more on there like in uh, i was in tanner's gym recently because uh, we have a church event um in, at easter around easter over there and so we went in for a second and you know now they got the banners mm-hmm. and all the stats and all those things and so i was like if i could get in there i could get an accurate description but i i just had to pull offline you know, so. so you've been adding stats up all day. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, we could do this a long time. <laughs> Just talk about that. Uh, that's awesome. I, that, the the rebound that was a big deal for me. You know, oh, yeah. of course the points, but you have to rebound. That's you know, the to, hustle, that's that's <laughs> it. That's yeah, it. I was, yeah. you know, Dennis Rodman. There like, you let's go. do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which segues perfectly. Got to be motivated. Perfectly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To do so, that. Uh, so we we have we have a list, you know, of of leadership stuff that we want to talk about as we go through this podcast. But anytime we bring a coach in, like one of the things that's easiest for us to talk about is motivation. But it's I don't want to simplify to the point that coaches are the only leaders in the world that have to worry about motivation. I mean, the three of us are pastors, and it's something that. I'm looking forward to having this conversation today because uh, we've got a staff at our church. We've got a volunteer team, uh, a whole system of volunteers, and we're always asking the question, how can we better motivate leaders to lead under us? And so um, that's one of the things I just wanted to talk about, uh, just to kind of throw out to the table, but definitely to you, Candice, too. Like, what role does inspiration play as leaders? Like, how do we, how important is motivating the people around us uh, to accomplish the goals uh, that we have for our organization? I mean, well, well, for me, I would say it is not about me. It's not about me. Um, 
and you know <laughs> I am a preacher's kid, but it's yeah. when when you grow and you grow in grace and you grow with people, you know that it's not about you. It's about um, it's all about God. I'm just gonna let you know that's just me, and I'm, yeah. I'm I will you know outwardly profess my faith and who I am um, because we're just here as vessels. We're here to um, to 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 be servants, yeah. you know, and we're supposed to show grace and 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 give grace and and just display jesus and just just who he is you yeah. know so he was here as a servant That's you right. know he was here and we're supposed to serve so i want people to be better what i have what god has and put inside of me i want to give that to somebody else that yeah, you know right. that they can be better you know again i'm just just selfless you know yeah, yeah. just help my my fellow man yeah. and fellow woman to be better you know yeah. But that's just what I believe. That's what motivates me. Yeah. How do you? Uh, what about the days when uh, you don't feel <laughs> there it? There it is. There it is. You, you know, so so you get up and it's been a long day before, or Doesn't you're you're tired, her. right? She's, yeah. She's always on go. So next question. Yeah, yeah. So, so the I mean because there there are those times. I'm mm-hmm. right now. You're you're brand new in your position now. Extremely motivated, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have those days where you wake up and it's. It's um, and you gotta you gotta get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about those days. What, what does that look like for you? Well, uh, I mean, I'm busy. I'm tired, but I know this was something that I prayed for and that I asked God for. So I don't take it lightly, and I don't take take this for granted. You know, um, I believe that He has entrusted me with this, and so um, with Him, with me asking and Him giving me what I asked for, my desires and my heart. I mean, I, I want to hold this is fragile, you yeah, know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. at any given moment, you know, it can be taken away, you know, whether it's health or whatever. Yeah, right. So I don't take any of this for granted. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fragile to me. All of yeah. this is fragile. So I want to handle it with care as I, you know, you know, uh, as some China, fine China, you know, yeah, this right. is, this is something that he has, he, he's given me. So I want to let him know that I appreciate it and I'm I'm thankful for this moment. I think every one of us around this table, I think the mantle of leadership implies that if we are approaching this, like we can do it on our own power, we, we right then are destined for dangerous things, (laughs) right? Like it, it, I think all of us recognize that we are probably operating above our, gross skills that we have that we bring talents that we bring to the table and us trying to do a podcast really brings that out (laughs) absolutely every time i get in front of this microphone i'm reminded god take the wheel but i think about that and i think but that's the beauty of it the body of christ right and that's it we are just another part another member in the body of christ now god has given us influence over other body parts, right? Other over other pieces of that body, uh, but we don't accomplish this on our own. Going back yeah. to your point, uh, is is we don't we don't accomplish this on our own. We don't get there on our own. And so, you know, I think leadership in being obedient to the Lord is, man, not just do I can I finish well, but am I refusing to finish well alone? Yeah. You know, are, are you are you beginning? Are you starting to see that now that, you know, we're all getting older, right? I don't think we're, I mean, I don't know. 
we still feel cool, I guess, but I don't know if we are or not. But um, do you, are you starting to see that now, the the players that you've had or the kids that you've had at the Boys and Girls Club? Are you starting to see um, the influence that you and the people around you have tried to, to give for years? Are you starting to see that out in the community when you see those people that come up and say, hey, Coach Burr, or are you most starting to see that? Yes, most definitely. I mean, I even go back to the club. You know, I have went back since, you know, starting the job and – just to, they, they, they're speaking to, you know, not that they didn't, but hey, where have you been? We miss you, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, mm. well, even if I could have just helped one, then right. I believe that I've done what thus says the Lord, you know? Yeah. Um, but some of them have grown um, with just maybe just their behavior, you know? They just right. needed someone to just really take that time up with them. And I believe that. You know, if they say they miss you, then you, you've done something, you know, and they see me, they're not going the opposite direction. They're coming towards me, you know, so. Yeah, and I think that's the natural tendency of leaders. Like when we're, when we all have goals, like, I mean, no matter what, what role you're in, you've got some goal that you're working towards. And man, it's so easy to begin to look at those around you and try to get the most out of them you can to, so that you can get, you can accomplish your goals um, but that's, and I think working with kids is probably the, the best way to be humbled in that because like, they'll just shut you down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, like at least the, your, your, your basketball players now, like they want to do well too, but like kids, I'll just shut you down. Like if you're just trying to push them too hard. And, uh, and I think, I think all leaders can just benefit from learning that, uh, that that's, that we have to motivate them, not and I think it, because it, it comes to the uh, the meaning behind our motivation, and it's, we're motivating those that that God's given us opportunity to lead, not for our own benefit, but for theirs. And yeah. I think that's the the kicker. It's obvious too. Like somebody told me one time, selfishness is the easiest that's the easiest thing to see in someone else, mm. but it's the hardest thing sometimes to see in yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And uh, man, it, it it's it's so easy to to fall into that trap and, and to make, make this about you. Hey, this, I've got to organize this team to meet this standard, right? And to meet this goal. And so, you know, obviously being in an athletic realm, obviously there are standards and arbitrary goals that are, that are set, but explain what is, what would success be for you? What would, what would success look like, whether it's in your current context or, or in a past context, what is, what does success look like? Cause that's, that's the ultimate goal, right? To motivate people toward an end, toward a goal. That's where the motivation comes in. What, what does success look like? I mean, maybe the average person would say, Oh, I had these goals and I've met and attained these goals. But for me, I'm, I'm not going to say that's not it, but I would just say, but that I'm happy and I, you know, and I'm happy where I am. So, you know, I can attain and, and reach this goal. Oh, I'm here. But if I'm not happy and there's no peace, then to me, that's not success. Yeah. If I'm in a position and I'm not giving my best or showing who God is, I, I say I love God, but I'm not being who, you know, that example, what I'm, what I'm speaking of, that's not success. But for me, I mean, I just want to be happy. And I know if, if God's not in it and it's not from my heart and I'm not doing it for the right reasons, then I don't see that as success. Yeah, I heard a, uh, an athletic director at a major university in our state one time that was asked basically that same question. 
You just don't want to say Nick Saban, do you, Andy Jones? No, it wasn't Nick Saban. Do you think oh, okay. we could get him on the podcast? Oh, hey, no. very hey, we can use Candace, a- will you put in a call to Nick Saban? <laughs> we have a phone capability. We just need to call in. He'll yeah, have to come. He can just call. Yeah. But Candace is probably thinking she could have just called, too, if she came in here. Nick, if you would just call in. Coach Saban, we know you're listening. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. just give us a call. We'll be at your ear. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, so the athletic director said one time, they basically asked that question, how do you measure success? And he, he was honest. His first part of it, he, he basically said, he's like, well, we've got to win. Now he was like, our winning is our livelihood. And I was like, that's almost like a given when you talk to, yeah, to a coach. Right. But, uh, but then he, he kind of got to that same point. Like for me personally, mm-hmm. well, how I measure success is on a yeah. different level than – how the world does, mm-hmm. right? It has to mean something more. Yeah. And uh, I I wanted to – I thought of a question, too. I know we're just firing off rapid-fire questions, but all right, take take us back to the state championship at, at Cortland, at R.A. Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the dynamics of that team? And, and Because I think about that. Too. We, we asked the question, is everybody a leader, or do you have a couple of good ones and a lot of really good followers? Like, what was the dynamics of that team – from from your players, and are you looking for that same thing? You know, are are you looking for a couple of leaders each year, or one, or you just kind of play with a hand you're dealt? Like, what does that look like? I was, I really just played with the hand that I was dealt, but that I would say they all bought in. Oh, that's good. They all bought in. Um, everybody, you know, of course, everybody can't lead. You know, I did have some some that you know kind of wanted to go their own way a couple of times. You know, but that's just how people are. Yeah. But when they all bought in and they realized, hey, what we could do together, then individually, then they began to see um, results and positive results. Um, as far as being the most skilled team, we weren't. We were not the most skilled team. But I will say um, a lot of them looked to me as a mother figure. And there were times where we didn't do basketball. It was just about life or, you know, hey, I had to kind of choose somebody out. Like I was actually their mother, you know, and the respect was there and the respect is still there. But it was no matter how bad I wanted it, they wanted it even more. So they just did what it took to get the job done. You know, Um, I, I mean, we weren't the best shooters. You know, we didn't run the most dynamic plays. We just gave our – they just gave their best. And we had a little little look here, a little look here. Yeah, there. the ball, ball bounced, bounced around. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what about buy-in? What do y'all yeah, think about I that? Was a Batman. Yeah. It's a huge deal, and it takes a while for that to happen. Yeah. So, well, Go ahead. Go ahead, Keith. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Keith, I will. Keith. Uh, I will. You call him Keith? Smiling. I don't even know. How, what do you do with Howard? Heath. Whatever. Wait, I thought we were best friends. He just called you by a different name. No longer best friend. That's why we're best friends. We're best friends. That's his nickname. If our engineer is listening, please don't edit that out. (laughs) Engineer. I love that. Um, Engineer. Waiting at us behind the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we see your signals. Um, Where where does buy-in come from? Because I know, does it depend on the leader, you think? Um, It, like... I mean, I know, I know the 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 getting the buy-in depends on the leader. But do you think buy-in comes from? Is it from vision, like a clear vision? Is it from investment? Is it from a mixture of those? Or you know what I mean? Like what are, what are what are the area? What are the ways in which you get buy-in from those that you're working with? You know, speaking from the little experience that we've all had, but I, if if we don't believe in it ourselves, we cannot expect others to. Yeah. 
And right. and so we, we have to stand and speak with conviction, whether we are a, a rah-rah person or a teacher or, you know, no matter what our presentation is, um, if, if we're not convinced, then we can't expect anybody else to be. I remember a missionary told me one time we were – oh, Alan was there too. We were um, we were in Ecuador, and, and we were about to cross the road, and, you know, you're in a foreign country, a busy city, cars are whizzing by, and I take one step out and go back. And then the missionary taps me on the shoulder, he's like – man, you need to be a man of conviction. Like, and I was like, okay, you know, I was like, I just don't want to get hit, but that's a good spiritual principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's, it's true. You know, yeah, we, right. if, if you believe in it, you got to move on it and, and uh, you can't expect to take others with you if, if you don't to start with. So, yeah, and I think, I think you talk about vision, you talk about standard, right? You, you know, our tendency, especially in the church world and church realm is, I've have a tendency, hey, we need to unload as many people in this ministry as possible. So what I'll do is I'll take my ministry standards and I'll just lower them a little bit. Like I'll just lower those standards like, hey, th- I mean, this would be ideal, but, you know, we'll take this. And and something John Maxwell brought out in a, in a leadership uh, group that I, I lead, he said, uh, he said, you know, the problem with that is when we marginalize our standards, like we marginalize the people that will rise to that standard, right? Our people are marginally committed. Uh, and, and so speaking to that, that buy-in, so, so the buy-in is compromised. So they, yeah, they may buy into your standard, but if you're not dreaming this vision that is compelling and that's worthy of following, right? It, it, would yeah. I follow me in the vision that I have? Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, oversell and underdeliver. And you're gonna frustrate everybody that's following you. Yeah, you know, we, I've seen that too. People that just, man, this is, this is what we, you know, this is where we're headed, and then it comes to nothing, right? It's just another thing in a chain of visions that never come to pass. And so, to stick it through that daily grind, you know, is it, you've got to be willing to commit on the back end. So I, you know, I think it's both. It's got to be both. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's like Moses, right? Like the people of God, they're like, yes, promised land, let's roll. And then years and years go by, and they're like, "Hey, man, it's getting old," you know. Yeah. And uh, and that and that vision, yeah. the vision, and I think that's what's hard too. And I can't imagine for a coach too, like when the championships don't come, when the yeah. wins don't come, like how do you keep your team motivated? Um, how do you keep everybody driving towards a vision that you keep putting it out there? <laughs> but you know, thoughts on that. I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah. I will say, because there was a moment <laughs> when there weren't championships. Yeah, I mean, I, of course, I made some regional yeah, appearances, yeah. but, you know, you just have to keep pushing and plugging and grinding, you know, and just doing when it's something that and educating yourself, you know, I don't know everything. So if it means that I need to do some professional development, I need to yeah. go reach out to some other coaches but just keeping them encouraged. And, you know, along the way, you have to encourage yourself because if you're not encouraging yourself how can you encourage others but it's just just you know just staying encouraged and positive and just making sure you're not you know beating yourself you know because even without the wins there's a lesson in it you know (laughs) there's a lesson in it (laughs) just buy-in over time leads to culture uh that's the thing i think we've seen here before we ever got to Lindsay lane there was a, a culture that was established and it was sold and preached and believed for a long time. And so then the then you have people that want to come into that culture and can't bust it up because too many people have bought in for somebody to come in and bust it up. 
But that that hat, like you said, some sometimes it's easy because you see the wins. Sometimes it's it's you're not seeing the wins. You're you're grinding on faith, and um, and you've got you you again. If uh, if God has has given you the vision, and and you're convinced this is where He would have you to take you, you've got to stand on that and stand on that when people are leaving. Stand on that when people are coming because God's put you in that position to go. Kenneth, you you spoke to that right. You you said like you spoke to contentment. Like there's got to be something within every one of us, whether leader, follower, you know, and chances are you're not going to be the man. There's going to be someone over you, and, and even in a spiritual sense, obviously we know all of us are subject, uh, you know, to the to the Lord. But, you know, there, there's got to be a contentment within our hearts. There's got to be a wholeness in our heart. You know, Paul would say, you know, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. content. You know, and and he's talking about intense suffering and persecution. And when you talk about a guy that really had success, he had success as a Pharisee. He had success, and then he looks back at his life and goes, "Well, that life was garbage. It was rubbish. It was nothing compared to this life of misery that I had." And that that can only come from within. I can remember just for me, uh, like just especially before I got into ministry. Uh, before I got into really any kind of leadership, like I looked at thriving organizations, they were doing well, and thought, especially like when I found myself in a in a in a tougher situation that wasn't getting wins, I looked at those organizations that were winning and went, "Golly, it's got to be so easy to lead there." I mean, God knows the plans that yeah. He has for all of us. So you know, and He 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 has a plan for us to have an expected end and to be prosperous in everything that we do, but. We can't focus on what someone else is doing because that's not <laughs> that's not what God called us to be. And what because again, I've looked at coaches. I'm like, man, they're winning and they're you know they got the, they got this team. They have everything. And then when I look at what I had at Ari Hubbard, I didn't have the best equipment. I didn't have the best facilities. And I say, you know what? There's a reason. There's it was a reason God had me there. So. Um, and now I just know that he had pre- he was preparing me there for where I am now. I didn't see it, but of course, you know he knows his ways are higher than yeah, ours. So I didn't I didn't understand that. But I mean, I, I just stay hungry because I, I want more. I want I want more for myself. I want more for the girls or whomever, whether yeah, yeah, that's right. whoever I'm involved with. I just want more for them. Like today we had a meeting. And I was telling them, you know, no matter how, what you do here on the court, I want you to graduate. That's the ultimate goal here, you know, because I know you can play basketball, but I want you to be a productive citizen once you leave here. So that's what makes me hungry that, you know, I know that I'm planting a seed, that positive seed, you know, in their lives. So that's what it motivates well, I'll just me. tell you, Candace, I, I believe you. You believe yeah, me? I, believe, I believe what you're saying, man. I do, I do. I don't know if the girls believe you. I believe you. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, they were I'm in. Like- I'm in. I'm bought in. <laughs> bought in. Yeah. Well, and that I really do think that is the heart of of a leader. That for those that follow you or or you have influence over, we want whatever they have for them to experience more. Like you said, uh, we we talk about next steps all the time in our church. Yeah. You know, giving faithfulness another mile or you've gotten to this point 
let's take you on to the next point. Because yeah, yeah. if, if we're chasing after holiness, you know, if that's our standard, mm-hmm. then we're just going to keep chasing. But that, yeah. that is the beauty of it all. We just, we just keep going um, because that's our standard. I think the same thing in athletics. You may have went 10-0. and 0, The next season, it's up again, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know. That, to me, to stay motivated, you have got to remember your calling, who you were before you were called, when you got called, and what God. I, I, there are times when our our technology breaks down at church, and sometimes we're like, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to stand up and preach, and we're going to sing. You know, we can we can do that whether we got you know technology or not. So so going back sometimes, and this is a really weird reference, but the Mighty Ducks. Y'all seen the Mighty Ducks? Absolutely. All right. So the, when the Mighty one, Ducks, two or three. Which what's one the, is, is it? Is it? What's the guy's name? It's not Emilio Estevez. Is that his yeah, name? That's it. Yeah. All right. So really? Okay. So he, well he, have you, Candace, have you seen this movie? I don't know movies. You didn't watch the hockey movie. Got I it. Did, okay. But one of our I kids. Don't know. Yeah. Time. All right. So we'll ask you about your favorite movie later. But anyway, re- he can't rebound in hockey. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. That's right. You can't rebound <laughs> in hockey. Was that a basketball movie? No. That wasn't can't a basketball you? movie. She yeah, We've gone way up, of course. Anyway, but like there's this scene in there where he goes back to like his roots. He goes back to the ice. Yeah, yeah. He's shooting a puck in like a garbage can. This is such a weird reference. But you know, you go back to your foundation. Yeah. Uh, to stay motivated for you personally and, and to keep people buying in. That was a lot for, for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like your coach, right? Your coach tells you practice makes perfect. Well, n- we will never reach perfection, right? right? This side of glory. So whether we're talking about the game, you know, a game or we're talking about life, we're never going to reach perfection. But I would like to think I'm a lot further along, a lot closer to that standard than I was when I started, and yeah. and that's the that's the beauty of it, right? I think motivation fails when we put all of our attention on the most obvious measurable, right? I think motivation will always fail because when we reach it, or when we don't reach it, but like there's so many other measurables in coaching and in leadership yeah. and in the church and in personal sanctification. Like people tell me all the time, like. Heath, man, I'm just so, I'm just nothing like Christ. Like I've got I've got so much room to grow. Cool, like you know what I mean. Like fine, like it's not gonna happen overnight. Like we gotta take our time and and, and next steps, and uh, and look at the right measurables too. And that's, that's what we can see. I think all three of us can see in your leadership is is that it's it is about W's. Like it is about championships. We want to get there. But it's also about helping those girls graduate. It's about helping them become young women that that that, that honor uh, that honor themselves and their families, and and uh, are going to grow up. And whether they play basketball after you get done with them or not, they're going to continue life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so in, in that vein, let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith in in leadership, but in a in an organization that's outside the church. Right. And so uh, so how does your faith play into yourself? And not just at Calhoun, but you've been a teacher, you've been um, at the Boys and Girls Club. Like, how does faith play into your leadership? Mm, well, it's it's the center. Oh, that's great. Because oh, today we went over our um, we had our team uh, workbook and everything. And so we we're going over our core values. And I had put in there like the center of it was the faith, because that's where. I get my strength from. It's my faith. Um, faith has carried me from where, where I, for where, from where I was to where I am today. You know, if your faith is real, it's going to bleed out. Yes. You know, or, or if you're, I should say that a better way, probably. If your faith is real, <laughs> it will kill you. <laughs> it will drain you of life. That's where the bloopers real. Yeah. It's going to ooze out on everybody. <laughs> but I mean, if, if your faith is real, 
It's going to show. It's going to show. It'll yeah. be genuine. You yeah. don't have to manufacture it. No. Uh, it'll be there every day when you show up. Yeah, yeah. through modeling more so than anything probably. Because like, I, I, especially like when we're, hope, like we get a different platform than you do. Because like I get to stand up with a microphone and open the Bible and preach from it. Mm-hmm. And like to some regard, if you did that, it would be, strange or if uh, you know what I mean like you probably don't preach at your girls I'm sure you talk about faith you talk about God um, and so like a CEO of some organization or supervisor or whatever probably doesn't get to do that either um, but I think I think yeah the modeling is probably the best way just through conversations showing them that you do have faith in something greater uh, than success uh, worldly success greater than you know um, good health and wealth and whatever um, I think modeling for sure like I am, I mean, I, I shouldn't even have to say anything just the way I live my <laughs> life, that it should be enough of, yeah, yeah. you know, an example for them. You know, she's a woman of faith, you know, yeah. I just, I just recently did the John Maxwell study. So I feel like I'm like a library yeah. of John Maxwell right now. I, I need let's to, before, let's before you John. even go on, when you said it earlier, I wanted to say something because it sounded like you led a small group that John Maxwell was actually in. Yeah. And me, that was yeah. the way I little Johnny. You said uh, in, no, a, in, no, a, in no. a leadership group study I was in not long ago, John Maxwell said he landed his plane in Elmont. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up at your house for a <laughs> leadership. The one with the crop that the crop duster lands in <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. It just made me laugh earlier and I didn't bring it up, but <laughs> yeah, no you did it again. So here we go. No. So I lead a He's attending home North group now, right? of volunteers that have leadership potential in our church. Yeah. And I'm leading using the curriculum of John, John Maxwell. Uh, that's uh, a little less impressive, but okay. I would agree. Uh, also, it's small town, big time impact. There we go. Okay. There, so, we go. there, there go. it is. Uh, there you go. But he, he even talks about like goal setting sometimes can can be kryptonite. You yeah. know, that he says, he says, look, rather than think goal, think obedience today. Think, right. you know, am I accomplishing the purpose that God has placed me on this on this earth because we get so preoccupied. Like, and I, I'm in the middle of a vision casting series in at my church right now. So I am, I am, but you can get so preoccupied in looking ahead that you miss that God's will for our life is not what's in the future. God's will for our life is what's, if, am I faithful today? Yay. And that's how you stay fresh, right? Wins yeah. or losses, whether you're taking an L or a W, like that is, that's what keeps us fresh. You know, and, and everything. So, so that's the that's the game changer, right? Uh, is is am I man? Am I doing the right thing? The next right thing. See, faith, faithfulness doesn't show up on the scoreboard, you know. And, and like Heath talked about too, uh, or Keith, whichever you prefer. Yeah, Keith uh, is good. He like he talked about uh, the 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 outside the grind are they they only want to see the wins, uh, the numbers. Yeah. Like, how many did you have on Sunday? What, what? How many baptisms have you had this year? What about VBS numbers? Well, how how many so and so stars did you were able to recruit? How many wins did you have? How far did you advance? But the faithfulness is not on the, the scoreboard, but that is measurable. And yeah. and those things too for the for the our our people for her players. I mean, is that not what we want our our people to to reproduce and take away? Is yeah. is faithfulness or grind so hard that you're a measurable success in the eyes of the world. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's hard to keep it's hard to keep in balance. Yeah. But uh faithfulness is is uh well, is the ticket. Well, but think- at some point in time you can't you have to go you, you're not gonna be able to take those wins and losses with you, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. So you're gonna have to be able to, you know, 
build, you know, your, your faith to where, you know, hey, you're, you're having, you're in the workplace now and, you know, yeah. you've got to be able to deal with real life situations. Yeah. And this 2017 championship, yeah, I have it, but it's not helping yeah. me deal with life right now. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you can't go into your trophy case and yeah. it's your oh, house. Yeah, and, yeah. I feel yeah. good today. Let me go to get my trophy. No. All right. All right. Yeah. So, so church leadership contextualize that. We can't take our programs with us. We can't take right. our ministries with us. We can't, you know, we can't take our people with us ultimately, right? We can build programs and build ministry. Only God can grow can grow people. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. And so we can't do that either. So if we're going to survive and thrive, right, it's going to have to come through that lens of faithfulness. And I think at the end of the day, we have to come to the point as leaders where we can live without the win. What we can't win without is being who God has called us to be. So not so much what we're doing, but the manner in which we're doing it. I think that's hard. And it go, my goodness. Cause like when he just talked about, when he just talked about without the win, I'm thinking like, no, I want to win, man. But I mean, you're right. It, it really is that I've given devotion before where you're, where you're basically saying it's not, it's really not about whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. And the thing is, is that's true. Yeah. But, but let's play the game and also win. Like that's that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, yeah. J.D. Greer asked a question. He he was leading a, a conference one time, and he said, you know, that he he was praying for revival to happen in his church, oh, right, and revival in 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 Raleigh. And he's like, man, I was just praying God, and I was I was in this place at this summit where I could see over everything, and God bring revival. And he said, okay, J.D., what if I decide to bring revival? But instead of your steeple, what if I use this steeple? Right. What if I use another church? I mean, if we're kingdom yeah, minded, it. It, yeah. I mean it. it it's it's easy to make it a no 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 no, no. The God God that ain't what I meant yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. here yeah. yeah well one of the verses I thought about Zechariah four uh, my wife showed me this she was studying one time and uh, Zechariah minor four minor prophet minor prophet well done uh, so well, Zechariah Bible four scholar down there man <laughs> Zechariah four uh, the word of the Lord uh, anyway God asked the question for who despises the day of small things wow and like just to think about like that's what we we focus so much on the big things. But it really is uh, the and what we're here, what I what, again what we're all hearing from you is that leadership is about helping not only focus on the small things for yourself uh, and for your team, but helping your team themselves see those small things and that faithfulness, that daily growth and and uh, and maturity because that's what's going to carry them. Um, and I, I love talking to leaders that that are not just trying to get the most out of their people, but trying to develop them for the next level, for the next step, so that one day they can be a supervisor, they can be a basketball coach, they can be a pastor. Um, and that's 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 what we need to do. So and that and to talk about on. that, yeah. So now that I'm no longer the director for the Boys and Girls Club, um, the new director Jared Collier, he said, you know, he sent me a message and he was like, Hey, thank you so much for mentoring me because now I'm comfortable. I feel like I'm ready to take on this role. And that's, you know, again, I was just there for a season. You know, I may have thought, Oh, I'm gonna be here forever, but that's not what God had. I was there grooming and helping him because he had been there longer than I had been there, but he was just not ready. But now he felt comfortable enough to accept their role. So I feel good that I was able to help him and then the other staff, you know, get to that point where they're ready to lead and direct. So again, just helping somebody along the way. That's all. Which is really another win or, or I don't know if you can measure that, but you do see some of these coaches where 
they they show the pictures of they were the head coach and then like five of their assistants are now head coaches and that that is effective mm-hmm. leadership. Also, yeah, I know. Well, they just show his because he's on the blasted TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Candace, we you know we we've talked leadership um, from around the table. It's a it's the same perspective. You know, we lead. Um, we have people that we influence. We have certain positions. Um, so, but. But it is different. You are a lady. You are a, a black woman, mm-hmm. um, and so in, a, in an athletic profession. So, so you know, obviously we can't speak to that, and and we'd love for you to share with us uh, what what are the challenges that that you face. What what are the um, what are you most proud of? Um, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> wow, um, challenges. I would say well. And- basketball here it is male dominated um and i feel like because of my age i am younger than a lot of the other guys you know but um i just feel like i wasn't really taken serious you know i was a good you know not i'm not saying that i never said that let me take that back i was a basketball player now you can put whether i was good or not in front of it i don't (laughs) care but i was a basketball player i was knowledgeable of it of the game but just when you have people who are more experienced they kind of not they look down on you or yeah. don't take you serious. But um, I, I could be wrong, but I was I was thinking, I was talking about this the other day. I think I was the only black female coach besides uh, Brenda Mays, who was at Muscle Shows during that time. Um, we were the only black female coaches here in North Alabama. Now, wow. I knew that there were some in um, Central Alabama and yeah. some in South Alabama, but it was hard, you know. Yeah. You know, and I just don't really, I never really thought people really took us serious. And now that I'm here as a head coach, you know, I just, I'm not even concerned about that now because I know that um, God has placed me here. So he's going to take care of me. He's yeah. going to provide whatever I do need. But just being a female, it's, it's really hard, you know. But again, I know, I know that I'm equipped to do it. So um, sometimes I get you know, you know, kind of discouraged, but again, I have to pat myself, Hey, I can do this. And I know, I know that I'm going to do well. Um, but that's about it. I mean, it's just hard. It's all right. When you don't see people who look like you, (laughs) um, I can't walk up to someone else and say, you know, Hey, how does it feel? You know, because you don't know, you don't know, you don't know some of those challenges. I kind of sometimes feel left out. Um, but you know, and for your for, so for the the players that you coach, those young ladies, that's that's part of uh, of what you are modeling before them as as well. Yeah. Um, do you get a sense of of pride in that too? That that you've got a lot of young ladies uh, that are are they probably will be basketball coaches, you know, or, or some of them will be basketball coaches. They are leaders in their own right. Um, and so is that part of your motivation too? Uh, Absolutely. Them? Absolutely. Um, I want to be the best coach, but first the best person. I want to be the best person I can be to them so that I know when once they leave me within two years or whatever, that they can be the best for whomever, yeah. um, whether they're moving on to a D2 school or another D1 or a D1 school, or they're starting to live, you know, for their families. What I want them to be the best. Um, I never want to shortchange anyone because the people who came before me didn't shortchange me. Um, I want them to be leaders. I don't want them to be afraid to walk alone. 
Um, I don't want them to be afraid, you know, to step, stand up and speak out, you know, and sometimes it is lonely. It is lonely when you feel like you really don't have a voice, but sometimes, hey, I need to speak up and say something, but I want them to be bold and courageous. Uh, again, sometimes I'm look, I may be looked down upon if I am bold, you know, and yeah. courageous for speaking up, but I, that's what I want them to be. So your pastor's daughter, yeah. like when you say things like that, reminds me of like what, um, your parents, the influence, mm-hmm. uh, the voice. I mean, we've heard his voice. I know, <laughs> I know I have, and many people in our, our area in North Alabama have, um, does that, does that inspire confidence in you? What, 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 um, you know, when you didn't feel like you have a voice or, or, you know, you know who you are in Christ and, uh, you're also the son and of a gospel preacher, <laughs> you, you know, or not the son, the daughter of a gospel preacher. That's um, worse than Keith, by the way. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Edit, edit. <laughs> but, but does that like, what, what did that play into your, uh, to who you are now being raised in the church and in church leadership? The influence that my parents had, my, I mean, my dad, it was a great influence. Um, just, I mean, the foundation that was instilled in us and, you know, just letting us know to speak up and, and that we know who we are in Christ. And when we know who we are in Christ, we have no worries. And, you know, just being a preacher's kid, period, is hard because <laughs> you have the spot. The spotlight is on you. You can't do any wrong. But um, with my dad being the pastor, I had to learn how to be strong. You know, I've heard people talk about us, you know, and <laughs> they've been ridiculed a lot, you know, but it's OK. This too shall pass, you know, yeah. but um, just my. I know my, my parents are proud of me. I'm, I'm proud of my parents. I'm proud of who my siblings, who we are. Um, just we've had my, my father. He's a great influence. I mean, I mean, he's he's I know he ain't perfect, but I think of my dad as a, a, a really yeah. perfect man, That's you know, right. because I love my dad, my dad, my mom and dad have have set great examples for us. Yeah. That's and awesome. that's what it's all about. So and I think when you like you said, when when you're not looking to the world around you for validation, but finding that in Christ first, mm-hmm. um, that's when you do feel alone and when you do feel left out and and looked over. Uh, to find that peace of I'm I'm in I'm in God's image here and in Christ, like that's a that's a good principle to to keep in mind as well. Um, so now we'll transition to Andy John's favorite part yes. of the podcast each, each time. Rapid fire Smells questions. Fun. This is he the easiest part of it. Spot. Kansas, it is, this is it the easiest is. part. Questions that don't matter. Questions they do don't not matter, matter at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so first up, what's your go-to hometown restaurant? What's your favorite place to eat that's nearby? Oh, it's rapid fire. Um, um, uh, uh. You can take she, the she time you need. She was praying about it there. <laughs> I would say Catfish Cabin. Catfish oh, Cabin. Yeah. That is a the good local. Here in Athens? Or? Yeah. Yeah, here in Athens. Yeah, that's that's awesome. good. You, know, you, you can go You can go drive through at Cap, Catfish Cabin. Mm-hmm. We've done that before for just hush puppies. See, I didn't know this. Yep. Yes. That was a good one. Uh, we talk about hometown restaurants all the time, but all right, we'll go to the next one. Favorite song to sing at church? Um, I would say, How Great Is Our God. Awesome. That's a good one. Um, if you haven't heard Candace sing, you should. She <laughs> she can sing like a songbird. 
Um, uh, you and her sing a duet right now. No. <laughs> Since yeah. you try to put her on the spot, let's put <laughs> The Splendor. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Andy John actually can sing. That was not Andy John trying to sing. Uh, this um, is Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, least favorite household chore? Toilets. Got it. That's a great answer. Um, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan. Let's go. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure LeBron James has more rebounds than Michael Jordan. I know he doesn't have as many defensive player of the year as, as Jordan. <laughs> uh, don't give credit to LeBron James on our podcast. Whatever. I'm sure the the younger the audience will get no, more of a different answer. I can be objective mm-hmm. about this. I, I mean, I don't I don't think LeBron I'm like I'm going Kobe before LeBron. Oh yeah. Uh Anyway, uh, our last one. You can travel to one place. Where would it be? Greece. Greece. That's a long ways from here. I've been told it's cheap traveling there now. I, I, <laughs> I have because of all yeah. the all the unrest and stuff. Why Greece? Like any particular reason? No, I just I've seen pictures and it's like yeah. I want to go. Like got it. Just the, the food and just the drive through a catfish there. cabin. For me. <laughs> <laughs> and my mouth's watering for some mush puppies right now. Because that's the only place I want. No. So you're talking about G-R-E-A-S-E. Yes. <laughs> Not yeah, the other. That's right. Well, very cool. Well, Candace, thanks for coming in. Thank and uh, we're, 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 so, we're so excited to have you uh, at Calhoun. And, and we're excited to see uh, how the Warhawks do. Uh, Lady Warhawks all the way. Um, and so uh, we need to get us some gear. Right. So we can be uh, be cheering them on, and uh, but we're excited to see how uh, how things go. Thank you, thank you for having me. And yeah, listen, awesome. November first is our first game, cool. Motlow State at Decatur. Brand new floor too, brand right? New you know, floor. Brand new floor. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we're excited. We'd love y'all come on down. Awesome. So go out and support the Lady Warhawks November first, and until next time, keep leading.